This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to On the Bench. I am Josh Newberg. I have Brendan Sinone and Chris Nee of Knowles 24-7 in the same car right now. Um, Chris is driving Brendan to the airport. Don't ask why, but that's what's happening. Um, the guys practice just wrapped up, so the guys are just coming off the field. The team had off on Tuesday. Uh, the coverage hasn't stopped, though, on Knowles 24-7. You guys know that. We were back out on the field today. Um, well, at least Chris and Brendan were. The team was in shells. But, Brendan, this was the fourth practice of the preseason. Any major developments today? Another big storyline today, Josh, was that the defense was pretty dominant from start to finish, especially in the third down situational drills. Defense really was able to kind of show some different sub-packages. We've heard a lot about this offseason, them trying to be more versatile, where they put different guys, different places. Mm -hmm. Kind of saw that come to fruition a little bit for the first time through four days. And just in general, the defense was playing very fast today, for sure, both in the trenches and even even and DBs were flying around. So a really strong overall day for the defense, I thought. Nice. Uh, Chris, I've seen Travis Jay's name pop up quite a bit early in camp. Uh, how do you see him being used in the secondary this year? I think they can use him a multitude of ways. I thought the thing that struck me as standing out about Travis on this day was that he kind of set the tone from the word go. He got after it. He was physical. He was active. He was working as a cornerback for the most part today. We've seen him move around. And he most certainly can. I think the beautiful thing about Travis Jay is that he's uh, arguably one of the best athletes on this entire football team. He's a kid that in high school obviously kind of split duties playing defensive back and quarterback for his team, always showing off his athleticism. He's definitely rounding very much into form as a defensive back. The confidence is there, playing fast is there, and he brings a nice physicality to the spot too. So when the dust settles and camps over, where do you think he fits best? Corner safety? I mean, what do you what do you think he does? I think he can do both. I think he is an excellent corner because of the length. I mean, you got guys like Miko Dodson, who's been very good, very consistent at the cornerback spot. Brownlee's been very good in his own right at the cornerback spot. I think Brownlee's also a guy who would thrive as a nickel. Kevin Knowles kind of falls into a similar category as Brownlee. And then you got a whole lot of guys that are kind of rotating at the safety spots. You know, we've seen, what, Chuck West McClellan at safety, um, Brendan Gant, trying to think of some of the others that we've seen have success at safety. Um, so now help me out. The damn bus almost just killed us. <laughs> Chris got distracted. Uh, I, got, I got it. Uh, also, like at safety, we saw Jamie Robinson there today. Yes. And he talked about playing like four or five different spots, Josh. So they're still like really in the process of trying to, when I say mix and match, like I, I can't even count. There's probably a dozen different combinations that they worked on today. Uh, but Jake, Jake can do cornerback. He can do safety. We saw him start at nickel last year against Duke and play really mm -hmm. well there. Uh, so I think this like next week or two, kind of finding out like 
not just where he plays best. Like that's part of it, but like you get on the field with him. And it will probably depend on like matchups you're going against that one. And I, I think that's an intended consequence of the offseason, how they recruited. They want to have this ability to move guys around, to mix and match, to play teams differently. Do we need a physical corner? Then that would be great for Jay. Do we need a great athlete in center field? Then, well, maybe Jay plays safety in that situation. And he's just one example of that. Robinson's certainly another one. We've seen some others that have been more one-spot guys. Miko Dodson's been corner. McClellan's been safety, so on and so forth. But they have a handful of guys that they definitely can mix and match and move around. And they want to do that without a shadow of a doubt. Brendan, give us the injury report coming out of uh, day four. Pretty clean. Uh, there's some minor developments that we can't get into per the FSU practice rules. Uh, the only thing I would say is we saw Demori Tate, Renardo Green after some workload management stuff. Remember, both of those DBs were out for a good chunk of the spring, if not the majority of it. Uh, we saw them after having kind of a, a semi-rest day or limited rep day uh, get a little bit more action. And actually, Renardo had one really big stick on the play. And I think him coming back in the fold, that's another safety, Chris, that, that we didn't yeah. even think about earlier. Him being more active and moving in the right direction is going to allow them to, to move a guy like a Travis Travis J, excuse me, that was on that slip, or uh, or Jamie Robinson around. So those guys were back in the fold. Wyatt Rector moving back in the right direction. Seems like he's getting a little bit more of a, of a workload right now as well. I think that's everything that was noteworthy from the last couple of days injury-wise. Yeah, not to get super specific, but the O-line dealt with a little dings and knickknacks kind of stuff. I don't think anything that's super serious or all really concerning, but they were having to rotate guys and they were having some depth issues with them today just because of guys, you know, going down within drills during today's portion of practice. So there were times where it was kind of a hodgepodge, definitely not a group of five that I think we're expecting to see at any point during the season barring major injury issues that eliminate guys from availability. Especially when you get to like the third in the rotate. Today was the first day they were all together, Josh. And so like when when you're all of a sudden to your third or fourth string offensive line, if you're missing say three or four guys from the equation, all of a sudden your third string offensive line looks a lot more like your fourth string mm-hmm. offensive line. So, so that was certainly a, a trickle down effect that I did think kind of impacted the flow of practice that time. That's why you want to have a bunch of offensive linemen on scholarship for, for reasons like that. Yeah, and the, de- the defense had a hell of a day, the defensive line especially. And I think a lot of that is because of that very reason we just laid out. But also that D-line is it's so drastically improved. The investment of scholarships and an effective job of bringing in transfers who will bring something to the equation, that, that's been pretty important. You know, Kushney is a speed guy. Jermaine is very well thought of. We've discussed that a lot. Keir Thomas is a guy who I, through four days, I've, most, thought Benny's phenomenal. Most pleasant surprise of camp so far for me is Garrett Thomas. Yeah, I, I thought he'd be an edge setter and a good one, and I thought that would be kind of the compensation prize you would be happy with because you added that, and that's something that he needed. But he's been much better at working downhill and getting to a spot and getting after guys, and even showing the ability to work inside or outside and being effective at both is something I really like. And another guy worth mentioning is Quayshon Fuller. Yeah. He, uh, I thought in the spring he was a little heavy-footed, a little slow-footed at times kind of concerning because his body was in better shape than it had been. He's been much better in this camp, and I think he's gotten better on a daily basis. I believe Mike Norvell singled him out, in mm-hmm. fact, during the post-practice. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, Shots had one splash play at least uh, in 11-11s every single day. He's done something nice every day. Yeah, so there, there's a solid, I'd say, eight, nine guys across those four front spots right now that we feel pretty good about, and that that's a good sign. I know we found a trap with D-line being a highlight, and I think the first scrimmage D-line is going to be praised because I just think they're going to be ahead of the O-line. But I do actually think they have more disposable parts along that line with more variety of skills 
and it's a positive. I definitely think it's going to help them be a more, more effective pass rushing team. And we all know if you're better at that, it helps out the back end too, which last year obviously had a miserable year in the back end. That's a lot of good information right there. Uh, you guys hit on here, Thomas, who spoke after practice. Also, Jamie Robinson spoke and Mike Norvell as well. So we heard from three, uh, two players and a coach. Anything notable being said there, Chris? Uh, coach Norvell just kind of went over today, definitely praised the defense for what they did. He spoke a little bit on Robinson and Thomas because they were both going to speak. Uh, he has a good bit of praise for both those guys. He's been consistently high on Keir Thomas throughout this preseason. You know, they're getting ready to head to Jacksonville for the next two days. They're going to practice over there, and then they'll come back and scrimmage here on Saturday evening after Coach Bowden's funeral. Mm -hmm. um, so he spoke a little bit about that. And that trip is very much about just get the team out there, do something different. He talked about how you you hit the road five times during the season. Sometimes you're in the hotel and the fire alarm gets pulled and kickoff's not going to change. So, yeah, it's kind of about getting out of your comfort zone and doing something a little different while also being a team-building exercise. So it'll be at UNF for the next two days. Keir Thomas spoke about missing the spring, taking a lot of mental reps, just what he brings to it. He's clearly a guy that has played a ton of college football. He's happy to be here. He's also enjoying being coached by Odell Higgins, a guy that he's had a relationship with dating back to his high school recruitment. And Robinson actually spoke to Sinone, so I'll hand the baton off to him for that one. Jamie pretty much just spoke about learning multiple spots. That's something that he did at South Carolina. He was a safety. He was a nickel. He talked about here even playing like guy linebacker, uh, three or four different spots that he's just starting to kind of get acclimated into with this scheme, but, but he thinks that'll help him a lot as having done that at South Carolina. Uh, the only other thing that I'll bring up that Mike Norvell talked about that I thought was interesting because he did it unsolicited. He mm -hmm. brought up the offense a lot. He talked about Dylan Gibbons being a mm -hmm. nice, steady presence. I will say that I thought this was by far out of four so far in only two days with, with shells, but still Dylan Gibbons' best day. Yes. Uh, he's someone who I think looks like he's going to be able to help out the interior of the offensive line probably what do you mean looks like from a physical standpoint or just from what you've seen technically in his play from what i've seen technically like he knows where he needs to be he gets to the right place he finishes blocks um he still i think needs to reshape body still like there's room to grow still get more muscle lose a little bit of belly fat mm -hmm. but in terms of of having a grasp of like the offense pretty quickly He's showing that he can learn and handle and be confident. I think confidence, the, the way I would describe him today, he was very solid, and that's really what we're looking for from the offense line right now, right? It's, it's just be average, be yeah. fine. One thing that stood out to me about Gibbons is they're obviously doing a good bit of screen work. That's something they're going to work with. Having a guy like Toa Philly, a guy like Corey Wren, guys like Ja'Kai Douglas, at wide receiver, that's something that they can try to use as a big play-capable type portion of their offense. Gibbons is a guy that clearly on those plays knows where he's supposed to go, where to put a hat on, a uh, hat on a hat type thing. And that showed there's a video, I believe, Benone shot in the early portion, him getting down, kind of springing somebody for an outside run. The king of the spring, Josh. He does an effective job of doing that. And the guard spots are very much up for grabs. You know, Dante Lucas has been up and down. Uh, Gibbons has been good. Uh, Zane Herring, you know, has been available and not available at different times so far today. I think he got a little... I don't know if it was heat or what, but he definitely didn't complete the entire practice today. So that's a spot where they need guys to emerge. The hope is Devontae Love-Taylor comes back and fills in one of those spots, hopefully sooner rather than later. I think the other hope is that Gibbons is the opposite spot. I think that would be the scenario that would probably play to the best of their strengths. Hmm. All right, guys, good job. Preseason, but you guys are in midseason form, I would say. Um, Brandon, I think your flight is boarding. Did I just hear that in the background? 
No, but we are pulling up into the airport and Chris is having to do a lap right now. So. Yeah, I imagine. The things we do for a podcast. Teamwork makes a dream work. I mean, what other what other outlet has buddies giving each other rides to the airport? This is what friendship and teamwork is all about. I'm just hey, glad Chris, to get <laughs> Make sure he's got his wallet and his ID, okay? <laughs> and his mask. You gotta have a mask. FAA rules. It's gonna be okay, Brendan. I'm a little nervous about this. All right, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of On the Bench. Uh, we will be back in a, in a couple of days, something like that, right? Something. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.